Hey guys, welcome back to Hip Hop with Pop. I'm your host Rashad, co-host Rashad. And I'm Pop. Okay, well, <laughs> he, he kind of fell asleep on us for a minute there, so uh, <clears throat> glad you guys are tuning in with us for a special Valentine's Day edition. Um, Dad, you want to uh, say exactly what we mean by that? Yeah, well, this is, a, as you say, special time coming up valentine's in uh, just a short period of time and we're going to make a transition in that regard and talk about not blues in the traditional sense of the word but really blues is an overlap with another form of music we call doo-wop or soul or sometimes slow drag and so we're going to turn the tempo, tempo down a little bit and do uh, some music from really that began perhaps in the 1950s, mid 50s thereabout, and was quite prominent all through the 1960s and, and early 70s. And uh, we call it soul or doo-wop. And one of one of the founders of that particular movement or genre was an uh, artist by the name of Ted Taylor. And Ted Taylor was sadly was not from Mississippi. Hmm. He was from Oklahoma. He was from Okmulgee, Oklahoma. And he recorded in Memphis, Tennessee with the Duke label and uh, with a jewel label as well. And like so many artists, he began singing in church and with a gospel group called the Mighty Clouds of Joy, one of the favorite uh, gospel groups of your mother. She yeah. loves the Mighty Clouds of Joy. And uh, he sang with them and then broke away and made a number of recordings, one of which was the, the song we're going to play coming up, which is really a defining piece of music uh, that really categorized the beginning of this era of soul music and slow drag. And it is called for Valentine's Day, Be Ever Wonderful. All right. Well, when we're going to do some ads here, I suppose, and then we will dig right into that. So we'll be right back. Hi, this is Leah and Liz of MP Home Co. Specializing in interior decorating, organization, and other home design improvements. We can refresh the look of your home by creating a newly designed personal and functional space that is a reflection of your style. We also provide home staging to maximize the sales price of your home. We're based in Kirkwood, but serve the greater St. Louis area and would love to work with you on your next home improvement project. With MP Home Co., you'll get functional, livable design. We have an exciting project happening right now that you can follow on our blog. We're flipping a local fixer-upper. Visit our website, mphomeco.com, or follow us at MP Home Co. on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Mention this ad for 10% off any service. This episode of Hip Hop with Pop is brought to you by 314 City Gear. 314 City Gear is proud of its hometown and is committed to giving back. As such, 3.14% of our sales will be donated quarterly to a different charity serving the St. Louis area. Please be sure to drop by our website for more information on the amazing organizations we are partnering with and plan to support. Please consider 
joining us in our support of these organizations. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up on all the new products and offers. 314 City Gear. Rep the 314. Okay, so let's get into Be Ever Wonderful by Ted Taylor. Here we go. beautiful does that bring back memories you could not turn on a radio in Jackson Mississippi or throughout the south I would imagine Memphis and where that was recorded or Birmingham or New Orleans without hearing that record and it mm. was uh, famous uh, all through 1959-1960 and let me also add that uh, Ted Taylor was influenced by uh, a number of other artists uh, one of which was uh, Clyde McFadder who later went with the Drifters, and then Jackie Wilson, who was a favorite of your aunt, Aunt Juanita, loved Jackie Wilson. Hmm. And uh, he was also influenced by another artist we'll talk about in a few minutes, Little Willie John. So, But you have someone that uh, on your on your list that yeah. you want to talk about. Uh, who well, is that? Let's stay, let's stay there for a minute. What, what was going on in your life when that was, you said you could turn on any radio. What was going on in your life? Well, at that time... I was a, a sophomore in high school. Okay. Sophomore, senior, and uh, junior. And um, it was a time when, uh, in our little town, 
we were really getting prominent in basketball mm -hmm. and I was on the basketball team and so we were traveling around the central Mississippi area, southern Mississippi as well, playing basketball and mm -hmm. having a good time uh, playing uh, the game and meeting new, new people. Uh, we would go up to near Philadelphia and play uh, the Choctaw Indian team. Hmm. And uh, it was just a great experience uh, for me. I was 15, 16 years old and just having a great, great time. So by meeting a lot of new people, you met, you, you, you were meeting a lot, of, a lot of young ladies, a lot of girls. You know, you said that you hung out with uh, the athletes and, and whatnot. I just, mm -hmm. just trying to get a good feel as far as, you know, who these guys were and, you know, your success rate with those, with these new friends of yours, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to figure out, you know, what, what, uh, what it was like when you're trying to get the attention of a gal where you, since you played basketball, were you guys, you know, the elevated status there at the high school or? Well, uh, there were a couple of guys that I was in the category with, we were good athletes, we were well known in the community, and we were good uh, good uh, students. Mm -hmm. In other words, we performed well in in the school. We were leaders. I was president of my my, my class, uh, vice president, and when I was a junior and and the president of the class when a senior. So, in other words, we had some degree of status in our community. In addition to being basketball players. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we had a reputation to maintain, and people kind of looked up to us, the, the younger kids, and so forth. So mm -hmm. we couldn't we couldn't stray too far from the, no, <laughs> the narrow okay. past, well. and so forth. And uh, there was competition for the the most attractive girl in you know the community and that sort of thing. And uh, when we went on trips on the bus and so forth to another another school uh, uh, we have to had to be on our p's and q's because uh we were kind of stars and looked up to and mm -hmm. there were girls there who were kind of looking out for looking for guys and so forth and that was always a kind of fun position oh, sure, to be into sure did you, <laughs> did you ever did you ever uh did you ever compete with any of your buddies for the attention of yes we did yes <laughs> how'd that go uh turned out quite well for me <laughs> not for them oh, that's cool because I was pretty persistent uh, All right. as, as a matter of fact I, I uh, in that regard I, I before I had a girlfriend in my own town I had a girlfriend in a neighboring town in Brandon Mississippi which mm -hmm. is 12 miles away yeah. because of the relationship of playing basketball and getting known in other communities and uh, so after that took place I got my driver's license, and uh, on a Sunday afternoon, uh, I would get my father's car, and I would drive to Brandon hmm. to see, the, see this young lady. Yeah. So that was an interesting time of uh, my life. Just have had a wonderful, wonderful experience listening to the great music of these artists. We would go to the record hops we called back, called them back in those days, and and just hear great music. Uh, there was no. There were no drugs back in those days. Uh, some people drank a little alcohol, but we were too young. I, I was not. I didn't drink beer. I didn't. Didn't uh, at that time was not involved in any any kind of alcohol. Uh, but some of the guys were, of course, doing uh, moonshine and that sort of thing. But yeah. again, being 16 years old, that's in that age group, just being out, having a great time, listening to great music, playing ball, and uh, chatting with the girls. Yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. I understand. I'm going to introduce you to a guy named Clifford Smith Jr. He was born 
March 2nd, 1971, in Hempstead, Long Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know him as Clifford Smith Jr. You know him as, well, you probably don't know him at all, but his, his stage name is Method Man. Now, Method Man is one of the most, uh, most popular Invisible Guys uh, members of the hip-hop crew known as the Wu-Tang Clan. Now, I know I've brought them up a couple of times now. Um, hmm. uh, and that's just because they are they were so incredibly influential. Like, you talk about guys, you know, when everybody knows who these guys are. Enter the Wu-Tang, or Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. is It's one of the most well-known and greatest hip-hop albums of all times. In three years, they sold three million copies of that one album. And they also, um, they released another album in 1997 called Wu-Tang Forever, and that sold 108.3 million copies worldwide. 108 million. Hmm. What's the uh, origin of the name Wu-Tang? These were not... Uh, people of uh, Chinese descent were they? No, they were not. Um, I think the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, he's he pulls that name from um, Shaw Brothers movies. Okay. Are you familiar with the Shaw Brothers? I mean the name. I don't, I don't remember much about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, they were um, they were a production company out in China, and they made. Mm-hmm. Dozens and dozens okay. of kung fu movies back in the yeah. uh, 70s okay. and I think even the 60s. But mm-hmm. um, they really caught on with this group of individuals. And, you know, I guess it was pretty pretty popular back in the day with the Bruce Lee influence and whatnot. So there, you saw uptick in martial arts and uh, these guys really kind of were attracted to that to that genre and mm-hmm. so in a lot of the songs you'll hear um, them splicing in dialogue from different movies and it's mostly Shaw Brothers because they're okay. they're by and far the biggest and mm-hmm. the most widely distributed um, mm-hmm. of, of the mm-hmm. martial arts genre mm-hmm. so yeah okay well, well the artists I talk about have been talking about have been primarily from the south mm-hmm and it seems like the artists you're talking about are primarily from the East Coast. In this case, again, from not in Brooklyn, but uh, Long Island, yeah. uh, in that area. Stand so Island. there is uh, certainly some geographical connections between mm-hmm. your artists uh, in terms of their style of music, yeah. uh, their, their genre. I think uh, that's all personal preference. I am. I find myself more... I I gravitate towards a grimier cut of uh, <laughs> grimy. of hip hop. Yeah, I like I like grimy, just aggressive. Okay, you know, but whatever. It's just okay. And <laughs> and so the East Coast artists seem to provide that grimy. Yeah, they're a little bit edgier. They're edge, not. Okay. Yeah, they're they're not going to be your you know the, your southern drawl your do this dance kind of hip hop they're they're talking about you know a lot of times social issues and uh, very much telling you what's going on in the world and and in this case he's professing his love to a lady so okay let's listen to uh, I'll be there for you with a feature by a uh, feature of Mary J Blige 
think of uh of mr clifford smith the method man well what i liked about that was was the interlude of the uh you my was it mary j j, j. bly mary yeah. j blige mm-hmm. yes how does that operate uh when a piece of music from another artist is is brought into a, a new piece of music in, in terms of royalties and uh payment of, of, of for the copyright how does that well work? i think they get they get paid to, to feature, um, and I don't know what that fee mm-hmm. is. Okay. It varies yeah. from yeah. depending yeah. on who you are and how yeah. popular you are. Yeah. So um, I would imagine they would get a cut of those royalties as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Well, I didn't understand all of the words, but certainly the Mary J. Blige is, is something that is quite familiar, and that kind of gives uh, a, a new 
a good nuance to the music and get you to pat your feet and kind of get hmm. into it a bit. So I liked it from that standpoint. Okay. It's what? not your typical, it's, it's a mixture. Uh, yeah. The one thing that I did like about it was that, um, well, first off, I think he's got one of the best rap voices in the industry. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's got a very good tone to it, but um, it's not, it's not s- soft. It's not like, He's still being himself while getting his point across, mm-hmm. you know, professing his love for this yeah. young woman or, you know, whoever the idea yeah. of the woman is. So, um, and, and I chose that one specifically because it is different from the other songs yeah. that you'll hear tonight. Well, his delivery is a little bit different in that he's kind of a slower pace than some of the other mm-hmm. artists that we've heard. And yeah. the lyrics for me are a little more understandable and what he's talking about in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah, there's a real art. There's a real art to to, to the people who can speak fast and get rhyme and make sense. Then that's a real real art that uh, many people don't have. But I like it's the pace that he provides in this particular piece of music. Yeah. Well, you'll hear more of him because uh, when well, I'm sure we'll do a Wu Tang episode at some point um, mm-hmm. because I, they're they're one of my favorites to 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 work out to. Yeah. Uh, now next next up for you. Who do you have? Next up for me is uh, an artist of the same time frame in terms of uh, having a hit piece of music late 1950s. And uh, this artist is sadly, again, was not born in Mississippi, Mm. but rather from Camden, Arkansas. And this artist is, has a stage name of Little Willie John. And, uh, what I remember quite most about him, this piece of music we're going to hear uh, is a song that high school bands would play at football games. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a time frame uh, when our school had a football team and we later gave it up. But at one occasion we had a football team and oh, I'm gonna say the 1958-59 time frame and we went down to uh, a little school in, in uh, the southern part of our county. And at halftime, the band played this music. Then I went to another ball game a week or so later at another another school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the team, the, the, the band played this song. Hmm. And it's called Fever. Okay. And it is a classic of that transitional type of music genre from hard blues to something a little softer or slower uh, we also sometimes call doo-wop okay and this is Willie John 1958 called uh, actually 59 and a little bit earlier he was first recorded in 56 but became really famous in like 57 58 and this is Little Willie John Fever here we go Get a feeling that's so hard to bear 
Little Willie John, and uh, he had a great career for a period of time, mm -hmm. uh, but sadly he had a bad temper. He was uh, forever getting into confrontations with other people in clubs and uh, restaurants and so forth. Mm. And uh, so actually, sadly, he ended up uh, getting convicted of manslaughter. Oh and spent the last few years of his life in prison in the state of Washington. And he died in prison in Walla Walla, Washington hmm. uh, in uh, 1968. But he was a great artist, but just had a, like some other artists we've talked about before, uh, just uh, couldn't con control that temper. Had some demons, uh, huh? Little Walter Jacobs, this is Little Willie John, Little Walter Jacobs was the same mm. type in Chicago. He yeah. was always in a scuff, fighting and so forth. Hmm. Wow. So with that song, I've heard, um, who have I heard cover that? I think I've heard um, a, a, a woman. It's been covered by a number of other artists. I don't remember by name offhand who. Yeah. But, uh, I've heard that um, probably hundreds of times. Never knew the name of the. Oh, uh, <laughs> one artist I do believe that. That covered that that I was going to talk about I'll talk about later maybe perhaps in another episode a lady from Chicago her name was Laverne Baker hmm. she covered that song as well okay okay mm -hmm. yeah that might be it yeah that's a good song I enjoyed that okay yeah so uh, who do we have next on your list we have uh, <clears throat> A group called The Far Side. Okay. Um, at the time that this song came out, there were four members of this group. They're from uh, they're from South Central LA. Started making music in about 1989, and they're best known for singles uh, "Drop," "Passing Me By," and "Running." Mm -hmm. And their first album, "Bizarre Ride to the Far Side," that was by far their most popular album which peaked at uh, number two on the top 100. 
So this um, this song is actually one of the I think it's very very highly held in, in regard. So I think it's one of the top one of the best hip hop songs ever written. I think it's mm -hmm. it's on a short list. So um, this one's really cool. It's not uh, yeah I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, there's there's a lot of humor in this one and. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's super cool. So, yeah. Do you know anything about the origin of their name, Farside? Uh, I, I remember a cartoon strip by that name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it had anything to do with it, but um, that would be cool if it was, if, if, yeah. if it did. There isn't a whole lot out there about this particular group. Um, they, mm -hmm. they certainly had um, their own share of of. Uh, um, you know, hits and misses and guys leaving the group and whatnot. So um, I wasn't able to get too much, entirely too much detail on the on, on this group. So okay. um, when was this recording made time frame? We're talking 1990s? Or? This one was, um, this one came out in 1992. Mm -hmm. So uh, here we go with Far Side Passing Me By. Understand my letting the past. 
What'd you think of that one? Well, I found that diff that one was different, and I liked it from the standpoint of uh, it was music in essence that one could dance by. Yeah, actually, get yeah. out on the floor and, and cut a rug, as they say, and uh, <laughs> and the lyrics were understandable and repetitious a bit. And I, I don't uh, know if they say that anymore. I kind of like that. <laughs> right. And you say this is a West Coast group? Yep, yep. They're uh, they're from South Central. Hmm. I chose this one because. First of all, it's a quality, quality song. There's a lot of clever lyrics in here, and um, yeah. I think that what I, I like most about it from the scope of like the Valentine's Day love songs that we're exchanging here is that this one, these are not, this is not a successful love song. This is um, yeah. love from afar, you know, the secret crushes. And right, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, every, everybody grows up and knows what that feels like so i it's one of those global things that hits very specific to everybody and so i think that's why it resonates well you know it's yeah i think it's a good song yeah and i also found uh in the the uh lyrics here that uh he says that uh she could be my broad and i could be her <laughs> boy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's a little bit of a little cleverness where he yeah. uh, just kind of paused and let yeah, the... Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Again, so uh, it pops up again. No but again, doubt. that's a, that's an in-group word, as I said before. And uh, it's uh, not for others to use mm -hmm. in that regard. Yeah. So let me see here. I had a question. So what were the pickup lines like back in, in, in your day? Um, Say you were to see that young lady at the record hop, mm -hmm. as you refer to it. Do you just you just walk up? Did you have some some favorites, some go-to lines? Nothing stands out 
for the, our approach was mainly from the standpoint if we went to a, a record hop and saw a girl that we did not know or even did know and to get to know her we would ask her to dance with us with 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 us yeah to, uh, with me and uh, we would try to get her to dance uh, with on a slow song mm-hmm. we call a slow drag that was the name of the type of uh, dance whereby you kind of embrace close and th- that way you could get a chance to chat with her uh, if you didn't know her name ask her name and mm-hmm. and uh, what grade she was in and uh, always important that kind of thing and sure. uh, where perhaps uh, which is she what is she going to do after high school? Is she going to go to college or mm-hmm. leave the state, get a job? That's all. Get a chance to get to meet her by on this slow dance type deal. Mm. And uh, like, and then the, the the big thing, if if it was a uh, a girl of the same hometown, after the record hop, and you would always ask her, could if you wanted to, could can I walk you home? That was a big deal mm. after the dance. Of course, nobody drove. Very few people drove back in those days. Everybody in our community lived in walking distance of the school. Mm-hmm. And so it was a matter of, uh, and see, and also the streets were safe. Where was the you school? You didn't have to work. Hmm? Where was the school? I don't remember ever going by. Well, actually, is that? Uh, it was, it was uh, the school for us was was north of uh, north. where, I'm sorry, west of where we lived uh, on our old street. Actually, only, uh, one would be about two blocks across uh, a field in front of our house, go directly across the field. Oh, okay, so like back pine sweet peas yeah. in that direction, okay. You run into the school. Did you ever know where Leroy lived in that back in those? He was back around to the left, right? Yeah, but he lived closer to the school than, than I did. Okay. Yeah, my point, but the deal is uh, back in those days, most of the girls lived in the community, some closer to downtown yeah. and some further east. And so uh, you would ask her, "Could you walk her home?" That was the yeah. that was the deal. Right on. Get that extra time, that extra face time. That's right. That was right. Lay your lay your uh, your, your best and, game down. And, 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 and the, the big the also the issue back in those days was that boys kind of huddled together. Three or four guys would would hang around and walk home together and hang out. And girls were the same thing, three or four girls, mm-hmm. never by themselves. They would always walk home together. And so you, so our deal was if we wanted to put get one of the girls out of that group is to try to figure out how can we separate her from the other three oh, <laughs> three <yeah>. girls. <laughs> that, was, that was that was a big challenge. The original wingman. Did you guys know did you guys call them that back in the day? Wingmen? No. That's what they we, call it. I don't if you have a good a good wingman, can, well, I, I shouldn't be giving up the. But, he was uh, he was he was kind of a, a, a standby or somebody to, to run the errand for you. You mean type of? No, the wingman or, ran interference and like kept the friends. Oh, busy, I can't say so no, that way. We, can give, we didn't have that term. Yeah, buys you some time with the the person no, of your. No, didn't have a. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do my own interference uh, in that regard. I didn't have anybody to do that. Oh, man. Because the uh, young lady I was trying to uh, date at the time had uh, one, two, three, at least three other girls hung around, uh, like, like a foursome. Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, they were Inseparable. tight as a band. Mm. <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was that was a back of 
that was back in the day, as they say. Yep, yep. And uh, we, we listened listen to some great, great music and these rock record hops. And one of the things that we did when school was out during the summer, we had fish fries. Mm. Just like the fish I fry here, uh, some t of a different species, catfish, but also a fish called buffalo hmm. that you probably never had uh, here. No, I haven't. But buffalo is a kind of, uh, is a species of carp. Okay. And they grow rather, rather large, and the fish is uh, cut into steaks, but not split open, but, but down the back, and they make outstanding uh, pieces of fish for fish, fish fries. And we did that to raise money for our class projects. Can you get the them? Can you get them here now, or or no? No. Um, at one time you could. When I first moved to St. Louis, when we first moved back, but uh, I've never never seen it in the stores, uh, except uh, one time down at the fish market down at uh, Soulard. Okay. Soulard had some at one time. Hmm. They may still have, but not in the supermarkets. Interesting. We should yeah. try and get some. I'd be interested uh, to see what that. One of the uh, Food Channel guys, uh, forgotten his name now, but a few years ago, went down to Mississippi uh, in the Delta and caught some uh, some carp, some carp, or we call it buffalo, and he said it was the best fish he had ever eaten. Hmm. It gets a bad rap because it it feeds on the bottom. It's it's a carp type uh, fish. Oh sure, yeah. But the, in terms of the steaks it provides, it's outstanding. All right. Well, let's get some. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you have coming here? What, what do you have coming my way? Your song, sir. My next artist is uh, a young man. Uh, he was at the time. Uh, his name was Johnny uh, John Marshall Alexander Jr. And he changed that to a stage name. We know him as Johnny Ace born in 1929 and tragically died in 1954. And I was a mere lad in 1954, but I remember people talking about this tragic death. And the death was that uh, Johnny Ace, an outstanding singer, was uh, a person who enjoyed firearms. He would uh, drive with his band up, up and down the road and he would shoot uh, his pistol out at signs and trees and so forth. He was just, uh, he loved guns and uh, always carried, carried a pistol uh, with him wherever he went. Uh, and uh, he was born uh, actually in, in Memphis, but he would spend most of his time traveling around northern Mississippi and Texas and, and so forth. And then the Christmas of 1954, December 25th, he was playing a, an engagement at the city auditorium in downtown Houston, Texas. And he is said to have been playing a Russian roulette. Oh no. And there's a different stories of different people have, tell, have told different stories about that. Another story was that he had a gun and he pointed it at his girlfriend and and pulled the trigger and pointed, pointed it at another lady, pulled the trigger and nothing happened and he said, I know what chamber the bullet is in. And then the story goes that he then put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger. Hmm. And the bullet was in that chamber. And you and think he, died. he was doing it on purpose or you think he just had it wrong? We don't know. Nobody knows for sure. All they know is that he was a reckless 
kind of guy, always doing things that are just didn't seem it seemed out of out of character for an artist of his of his of his statue. Hmm. He was fairly well known. I had a lot of recognition on the stage. Uh, had a lot of f potential and so forth. But I like the the last guy who had a bad temper. This guy had some kind of a mental issue, hmm. and took just took unnecessary chances. Oh, okay. But he had a hit record that uh, in of this time frame, <clears throat> 1954. And it's called Pledging My Love. He had uh, come back from the Army, had served in the Navy, Navy in Korea. He was an outstanding pianist. He actually, as a matter of fact, he played piano for B.B. King for a while. Wow. And then he sang with Bobby Blue Bland uh, as a singer, out part of his group. So he, had, he was a really multi-talented multi uh, young man, but mm -hmm. he was, uh, didn't have much self-control. <laughs> But he had an outstanding voice, and this recording was uh, just well known throughout the South, and it's a classic mm -hmm. called Pledging My Love. Okay. Here we go. Ooh. What do you think of Johnny Ace? He was very good. He has a very nice voice. Um, tell me, does he have any other uh, any other hits that that would be that, that I might be familiar with or might have heard before? He has he had uh, a couple other songs recording other recordings 
none as big as that particular mm -hmm. hit. Uh, I can't think of off off the cuff what they were, but he did have some other other fairly well known songs. Yeah, mm -hmm. he did. Yeah, yeah. So, were, when you talk about transition, were were there many uh, blues, many more blues musicians that made this transition from blues to the the doo wop soulish genre? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm thinking one uh, guy that comes to mind. Uh, his name was uh, a cut called Money. Uh, I forgot his name now, but there were several number of artists. Uh, like uh, Johnny Ace and uh, Laverne Baker, who was kind of on the thrust of moving from one John. Ruth Brown was a, another mm -hmm. woman who was uh, involved in the transition uh, from uh, blues to kind of a soul slower type of uh, meeting. Uh, so okay, okay. Let's so see. what uh, what do you have uh, next? I have a song by The Roots. Now, you met Black Thought last uh, the last time we got together. I'm not sure what time or what the order is. I'll probably release this uh, episode um, on or around Valentine's Day. So mm -hmm. it might be a little bit out of, uh, out of order for the listener. But um, at this point in time, we've already listened to the Black Thought episode. And that'll come in a couple weeks, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But... Um, in that episode, we kind of discuss a little bit of Black Thought's background, um, and he's the rap vocals guy, the, the the lead vocalist, I guess you could say. Um, then you've got Amir Questlove Thompson, who does the, the drums. He's the guy with the big afro. I'm sure you've seen him on Tonight's Show. Uh, Kamal Gray, he's on keyboards. Captain Kirk Douglas, who plays the guitar. Tuba Gooding Jr., he's... Damon Bryson, he he does a the tuba and the sousaphone. James Poyser, he does he's another keyboardist. Ray Angry, keyboardist. Uh, they, they, there's a bunch of guys in this band, and um, yeah, they're they're spectacular. They're one of the they they tour a lot. To your question, uh, the last time we got together, um, and they they're known for giving one of the best live shows in the whole hip hop genre. And like I said, it's very rare for. Uh, full bands to be successful in such mm. a sample heavy like bass drum heavy genre so um yeah they're they're awesome they're the the, the house band on the la on the late show or late night with jimmy fallon so um 14 grammy nominations three wins best rap performance by a duo or group on this song with erica badu in 2000 Hang on in there with John Legend and wake up with John Legend, and those were both in 2011. So, um, as a matter of fact, the uh, the first one that we listened to also that one also uh, won a Grammy. So you're listening to very, um, I mean, not the Grammy. I guess, mm. I guess the Grammys. Mm. You know, take it for what it's worth. Yeah, I probably asked you this before, but uh, I never hear of these artists in terms of making public appearances. No. Am I in a wrong town, or where where they don't come to St. Louis? Or would I, I need? Do I need to be in L.A. or Brooklyn or New York or Philly? It would to, help. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the Roots play. Now I want to see them so badly. I think they they were supposed to come here a couple of summers ago. I think it might have been like two thousand and ten or eleven. 
And, and that was the year of Hurricane Sandy. You remember when that hurricane hit oh, the yeah, yeah. New, New Jersey mm-hmm. and yeah, Philadelphia and all yeah. that stuff? Well, that was the year that happened right before Lufest, and the Roots were supposed to come out and play Lufest. Oh. And instead, only um, Questlove, the drummer, came out. Oh. And that was incredible, actually, because he, he um, he's a he spun, he did some some DJing, and one of the things that he did was he went through it was kind of like the history of music, and he took certain recurring motives. Uh, that that spanned across several genres and different artists, and all these artists were using the same like uh, the same like motive in in the song. And mm. so it, I remember that he that he mixed seamlessly from like an Elvis song to a Jackson Five song to a couple hip hop songs, and it was great. Everybody was dancing. It mm. lasted for like. You know, twenty minutes. It was in one seamless song, and it, okay. and it spanned like pretty much everything you've ever heard of. So, um, this in, in St. Louis, where would a genre be for the appearance? Would it be the Fox or one of the casinos or open door well, down at the the Arch or what, yeah. what, where would you they normally? It would show depend up? on the on, on the act. Um, some of the younger, more popular places are one of the some of the younger, more popular acts nowadays might get they, they might be playing a show at the Chaffetz. Uh Some might okay. be playing at the Enterprise Center uh, where the Blues play hockey. Um, mm-hmm. Some might play at uh, the Fox or um, the Pageant. Yes, oh, the Pageant. Pageant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been there several times. That's um. Probably one of your most popular spots. Mm-hmm. And there's, I guess, the, there's the Del Mar Hall, the Ready Room, Old Rock House, um, Powell Hall, obviously. Yeah, Powell. That's the that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a couple places. There's, but uh, I want to see the Roots. Uh, each summer they do a Roots picnic, and they get a whole bunch of top shelf performers, and they play a bunch of music and it's it's awesome and that's held in um well i it's either in philly i think it's in philly it's either in philly or it's in new york they play a lot of shows around that area they they tour in europe quite a bit actually mm-hmm. a lot um but what with being the um the house band for the tonight show uh, they they kind of stay around home base quite a bit so mm. Um, I would like to get up there and see them maybe one of these times when we go up and see Kalia, but, you know, we'll see. Mm. You should go with me. Yeah, yeah. Any any, uh, any place that close to New York City or Brooklyn, uh, I'm, 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 I'm game. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to give me your credit card number and I'll get us some yeah, seats. <laughs> anything that gets me close to Peter Luger's in, uh, in Brooklyn, I'm happy. Yeah, that's your spot? Yeah. It's probably worth tell, explaining what Peter Luger's is. Well, Peter Luger's is a steakhouse mm. in Brooklyn, uh, and it is noted for uh, aged beef. Uh, in other words, Peter Luger uh, goes to the... I'm going to give a whole 
spiel here, but they, they select the beef very carefully mm -hmm. and they age it. So you go there, I don't know what the age of the beef is, but it's just not off. It, it's not a, a, a cow that died last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, they have a process for aging it under appropriate temperatures for the appropriate time. And therefore, when they prepare it, they cook it, uh, it is uh, unlike anything that uh, you normally find in a restaurant, uh, any place else in the world I've been, quite honestly. Hmm. So strangely enough, uh, not to, to, to promote them necessarily, but I don't know why it is, but I used to travel a great deal, as you know, in this country. And I always look forward to going to New York, not to not to this particular restaurant necessarily, but I'm talking about any restaurant or steakhouse in Manhattan. Yeah. They seem to have the best Kansas City strips in New York City. Really? I don't know why that was the case, but I would go to, to New York to get a Kansas City strip. <laughs> it was better than the Kansas City strip in Kansas City or St. Louis. <laughs> well, I think it's because of the competition. I mean, there's... I don't know what the population was back then, but it was, what, yeah. like three and a half, four million people mm -hmm. then? Yeah. There's, gosh, what, 27, 28,000 yeah. restaurants on the island? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you just got, you can't afford to be bad. Yeah. There, there's 30 guys behind you waiting for your spot. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I, like, I like going to New York just to yeah. eat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I was not alone and some of my other colleagues uh, from the Midwest when we would go to New York. Mm -hmm. uh, back in those days, in the early days, in the 1970s, the chemical industry had its headquarters in New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, and therefore, we would go there every year for our big convention. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were just, I, 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 I enjoyed going there at the time because I just enjoyed the food so much. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, the food in terms of bagels and delicatessen food, nothing you could get in Chicago where I lived or in, in St. Louis. There was nothing compared to New York City hmm. so uh, sounds like if you were to write a love song it would be about New York food yes yeah so we shall continue here with uh, the final number of the evening You Got Me by The Roots featuring Erica Badu and Eve
drummer Also find it interesting. This is a second reference to Ethiopia or Ethiopian Queen or something related to Ethiopian. Ethiopia is uh, a prototype or synonym for black in mm -hmm. this a situation. I just find it interesting that that country has always been selected as as the representative prototype, as opposed to the Congo. Yeah. Or Zambia, or someplace like that. And I don't know quite why that would be, that is the case. I don't know. I there um, it might be worth looking at um, immigration patterns to see what uh, what might have happened in that country historically. At that you know, uh, twenty years ago, when someone Mike about my age might have been noticing people, you know, the influx of people from a certain country or. Whatever the case is, or it could just be that, you know, Ethiopian rhymed with. Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, just find it interesting because, yeah. as you well know, in terms of immigration, people coming from this, coming to this part of the world came from West Africa, mm -hmm. i.e., Ghana, Nigeria, 
Guinea-Bissau, that area, as opposed to East Africa, Ethiopia, mm -hmm. and uh, far place away. So, but somehow or another, Ethiopia has gotten to, to our genre as representative of that uh, of, hmm. of uh, people from from Africa. In, yeah, in I, I, I don't know. I would have to. That's a good question. Something yeah, I just find it interesting, and that's that's nothing, nothing to the question. And uh, I'm just kind of jealous in that they don't talk about the people from the Congo. Hmm. That's part of our DNA, yeah. the Congo. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, interesting, indeed. Maybe so. I can find some. Maybe I can find some some songs that reference it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. One thing I also. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say the um, one of the things that I enjoyed about that song, and I let it play a little bit longer, even though. Um, the vocalist was repeating herself is the um jazz influence on the drum solo i don't mm. you, i don't know if you noticed all that syncopation mm -hmm. and uh variance mm -hmm. in the beat mm -hmm. yeah but I, I that's something that you find a lot yeah. of the time in in jazz pieces yeah. like the yeah yeah i think you bring up something really interesting i think it may be the view of some that uh some of this genre of music is something that people uh, just kind of think up and they get together and run into a studio and and make uh, music uh, on the fly or impromptu without a lot of thought and uh, planning going into the music. And that does not seem to be the case at all. I think this is a very well uh, composed, well thought out piece of music, as many of them are. Mm -hmm. And uh, the lyrics are such that uh, I, I don't think uh, many people around the world can imitate some of the, the ability to repeat long lines of uh, rhyme that, and that makes sense and uh, without having to read a script and so forth that's a real real gift yeah yeah I, yeah. I agree and it it may be a gift that comes from a people who have an oral tradition as opposed to a written tradition correct right and that's many people from from Africa mm-hmm yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that will wrap it up for the Valentine's Day edition. Yeah. Uh, you want to say a word about our sponsors? Yes, yes. Actually, just to say thank you and to, um, well, I guess to say thank you for your continued support. Um, we are going to um, put a promo code on at 314citygear.com. Um, so it's good for 10% off your order. The, uh, the code is hip hop. So um, if you go in there and place your order, there's a place where you can put your discount code in. Discount code is hip hop. So uh, 314 City Gear, our wonderful sponsor. Um, as well as MP Home Co. So there's a lot going on there as well. So please be sure to check that website for updates on the local flip project that we have going on. And also, don't forget if you're looking to buy a house or sell a house, Leah Myers with Keller Williams Realty would be the correct choice. So thanks a lot for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. And we'll see you next time. All right.